Thanks for listening to the Pro Video Podcast. Weekly insights into everything video. Here's the host, Blair Walker. Hi everyone and welcome to the Pro Video Podcast. This is a very special episode for me. I've got two people I think are doing amazing stuff online. We've got Matt Milstead and Dave Koss of Nexus Motion and Brograph. Thank you so much for coming on, guys. Yeah, no, it's our pleasure. Like... I'm super excited that I'm actually on a podcast that's not my own. <laughs> Don't have to edit it now. Yeah. <laughs> Dave hates editing the podcast. Yeah. <clears throat> I came across you guys looking for tutorials on Octane. And I think that Cinema 4D... As most Octane, people do. Yeah. That's how people, I think, have come across you. But I've become addicted to your show because you've given me a sense of community. So thank you so much for doing the podcast, guys. That's good that you feel like a sense of community, like, because we're so far away. That's one thing that I've really loved about the podcast is like, I was telling my wife, my wife, the other, uh, the other day that like, you know, I was like, Hey, yeah, I've got friends in Canada. Oh, I've got friends. I'm doing this podcast uh, uh, with a guy from New Zealand. She's like, you know, people, and I'm like, I know people all over. This is a community. We love each other. I'm kind of a big deal. (laughs) (laughs) We're we're not a big deal at all. I've um, started out watching the tutorials, but listening to the podcast. And now it's so, so cool seeing you guys presenting at NAB. And I loved both of your presentations. Thanks. How exciting Thanks. was it to do those? What was that experience like? It was it was the it was a very it was very nerve wracking. Yeah. Like because here's the thing, like I I never I myself am my biggest critic, you know, uh, and so like I you know if you watched all of the presentations, it was me, Patrick Longstreth, and uh, Andy Needham. We all did the exact same thing, just with different footage, yeah. you know, and so it's like. You know, people are going to watch it. You've got tens of thousand people watching it, you know, but I only had like 12 people in front of me. So that's easy, you know, um, but I, I don't know. It, it's it's really nerve wracking, like actually like getting everything ready and doing the the dry runs and everything with uh, Matthias through Skype and stuff like that. And then you get there and you're like, oh, I got to do this. And then you're wondering if people are actually going to show up, if people are going to like you. everybody's going to be like judging you. Yeah. (laughs) You know, Uh, and that's the thing too. It's 50 minutes long, you know? So when you're doing a tutorial, the nice thing is if you screw up, you can just edit the thing, you know, but you really don't have that luxury. So you got to practice over and over and practicing a 50 minute long speech is very time consuming. Yeah. It was pretty sharp though. I have to say both of yours, like the, the delivery of it felt natural and thanks. Yeah. Thanks. So definitely appreciate I, I, that. I think it's all from the podcast because we do the podcast every week. I, <laughs> right. I, we don't have a problem like actually talking, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, or, or just like, cause we go off on crazy tangents a lot. So a you lot. Know, a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Rick and Morty jokes all around. Yep. <laughs> I, do you guys have Rick and Morty in New Zealand? Um, no, but I'll be honest. I downloaded it on the weekend just to see one because I'm like, oh, you guys nice. talk about it so much. <laughs> Dude, download the rest of them because they're so <laughs> yeah. good. It's so hard though when you're you know, creating content, like creating a podcast, you're trying to develop your own skills to find that mm-hmm. balance of downtime to do relaxing things as well. How do you find your balance with working with your own company, Nexus, and doing all this stuff with Brograph as well and trying to have a life too? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> T- 
dude, work. MoGraph is my life. Oh, that sounds <laughs> pretentious. Um, no, like, I, I don't know. You, you definitely have to have a work life balance, you know, with, uh, and I, 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 I've got a wonderful wife who actually like understands we're trying to build a company and she was super supportive when I quit my job because we, I took a really big pay cut, you know, and, uh, she supported me because we moved out of our, we sold our house and moved out into my parents' house in order to, you know, try and make this work. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, a uh, it's, 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 it feels really good when you actually make these small little incremental accomplishments, you know, like NAB or, you know, being on the pro video podcast or something like that. And, uh, but really like Nexus motion, if there's nothing going on with Nexus motion, cause we're, we don't do a lot of advertising or pushing ourselves out there or anything, trying to get our name out there. We, we actually kind of like we, it's weird. It, and it's probably totally wrong. We shouldn't be doing this, but we focus so much on BroGraph to like get that name out there that like we're, we're pretty, we're, I, I would say we're okay. Well known among some of the MoGraph, you know, people, but we're not as well known among like people who would actually hire us. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, but, uh, uh, I, I don't know if there's nothing going on in Nexus, uh, like no work coming in, then we're trying to focus on BroGraph and like, come up with tutorials, ideas and, uh, new plugins and, you know, whatever we can. And if nothing else is happening, if we can't think of anything to do, I'll hang out with family nice. or mm-hmm. watch TV or play Halo yeah. or, or, or um, rec game. room, yeah. <laughs> bit of the, uh, rec room getting into that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, are you going to buy a rift? They're only uh, 400 bucks right now. They're yeah. Like dirt cheap. <laughs> I think, I think we might have to have one for work as, um, experimentational. Uses. Hey, tax write off. Tax write off. <laughs> well, I don't. I don't know. Do you guys have taxes there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everyone has taxes. Uh, we pay in sheep here. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> my, I was talking to my wife. I said, "I'm going to be. You know, I'm doing this podcast with a guy from New Zealand." She goes, "Okay, so don't ask him about the Lord of the Rings, and <laughs> yeah. don't do this." And I said, oh, uh, uh, "I said, oh, and don't ask him about sheep." <laughs> How about about the direction that the toilet flushes, though? Right. Which way does the t- <laughs> uh, as, li- um, as long as you don't call us Australian. going to try and do your terrible New Zealand accent, are you? I said, oh, yeah, I'm totally going to do it. And then I tried it, and it ended up being a Scottish accent for some reason. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 quite a uh, – New Zealanders can have a bit of a chip on their shoulder about a few things, but I think it's cool that um, we're identifiable worldwide. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, uh, uh, it was, yeah, I think it was Lord of the Rings and the, uh, uh, what was the... the Flight of the, the Concords. Brett and Germain. Flight of know? the Concords. They were a big push mm-hmm. for New Zealand. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you, uh, have you seen that, the movie, uh, uh, it's the vampire movie with him in it. Mm. Yeah. It's, that one was pretty good. That was really funny. I like that one. Yeah, yeah they're, they're awesome guys. I don't know them personally, of course, but New Zealand's so small, we <laughs> probably all should, but... <laughs> right. So getting on that point that you're talking about, because Tim Clapham said exactly the same thing about all the training that he was doing, that he didn't really know that it had a direct impact on him getting um, client paying jobs. But mm-hmm. the um, there were just other ways that it paid off um, in community and connecting and, you know, Maxon is so supportive of the artists. But mm-hmm. what I've seen you guys do is actually making products which can um, – you know, sell themselves over time and you're not having to, you're diversifying your income stream, which I really thought was a real smart move too. Thanks. So, 
<laughs> any any chance we can to make some money, you know, like <laughs> Brograph didn't pay for it. Like when we initially started doing Brograph, um, uh, we we're like, oh yeah, we're gonna make so much money off of YouTube hits and stuff like that. And then you start getting it, and you realize that it's such a niche market with <laughs> motion graphics yeah. designers that you're not gonna get a whole lot of hits, and it's not gonna pay you very much. You gotta be literally one of those big influencers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to be like the Corridor Digitals or the Freddie Wongs or something like that, you know. Yeah. Um, and really, so it's when we when we sold our when we put our first plugin out there, uh, we sold more in like the first two hours of it uh, of it being up than we did in four years of doing tutorials <laughs> through right. YouTube, you know, ads and stuff like that. Right. So it was like from that point on, I was like. There's no reason for us to put any ads on YouTube. Yeah, you know? we kind of gave up on that. Yeah. And you've got some new plugins that have come out as well. You've got uh, Luminous Light, and you're looking at doing mm. something with um, Cinema 4D Light. You're, gonna, you're producing a plugin for that as well, I hear? We mm. actually just released it today. Booyah. So um, uh, thanks for the plug. Um, <laughs> so we, we created an espresso rig. Um, so Cinema 4D Light is it, it's it's weird because like uh uh we're i don't know maybe we're in the wrong demographic because we're trying to sell a plug-in for cinema 4d light you know and most of the people who follow us are all cinema 4d users you know and so they're not right. gonna they're they're not gonna have a need for it you know mm. what we we really want to focus on is some of the after effects users who don't know anything about cinema 4d and don't realize because uh, Cinema 40 or uh, Cinema 40 Light is a super powerful program. You know, you can do just about everything you can do, with the exception of maybe like dynamics and Python coding, that you can in like the full version. So like we we saw that there the big thing that was lacking. So I had a dream one night. You know, I was I'm laying and asleep and I had this dream. I was like, what is lacking? The biggest thing that's lacking from Cinema 40 Light, and it was in my opinion the MoGraph cloners. <clears throat> And so I was like, well, Expresso, full Expresso, with the exception of Python, is built into Cinema 4D Lite. Um, um, and most people don't know that. I mean, it, it, us, it, having Expresso alone in Cinema 4D Lite is the most powerful thing, in my opinion. And so I was like, well, I bet you I could recreate the the you know the cloners and uh so sure enough, like we've been working on it for like the past month, and uh uh I think I, I really think what it's going to do is it's going to help After Effects users who are new into Cinema 4D because you've got uh, it comes with fracture objects or a, a fracture object. It comes with the random effector and the the plane effector, which are really like three very powerful things. Um, and so, like, we wanted to build in these other cloners that they've got because, in my opinion, those were the most powerful ones that I loved from you know, the full version of cinema 40. Yeah. And so if you can like really get someone to grasp on an after effects user and they're like, well, this is just the tip of the hat. Let's see what else. And I think that was their original intention with cinema 40 light. It's just, I, I don't know if a lot of people have been pushing out material for it, you know? Yeah. And the audience that is listening to the pro video podcast is a wider audience than Brograph, which is really dedicated <laughs> <That's good. laughs> to, to motion design and cinema 4D. So, I, and I've said this on the podcast before with the Adobe creative cloud subscription, you can load up mm -hmm. cinema 4D from after effects. It's an, it's, when you download After Effects, you can get that. And the best tools are the MoGraph ones. So I, mm -hmm. I, I really say to the whole audience, 
check out Brograph's mm-hmm. site, check out um, the plugin to have mm-hmm. a play with it. And and the thing with Cinema 4D that I love is you can play and play and play, and it doesn't break like other other 3D software. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's one of the the one like I never update After Effects in the middle of a project, but <laughs> yeah. Cinema 4D, I don't care. I'll update it. You know, yeah. I I normally don't ever have a problem. Uh, unless it's a, like a major uptake from like R17 yeah. to R18 or whatever. Yeah, a very but, uh, stable uh, piece of software. <laughs> it is. It's funny, like, so I get so because I'm in Cinema 4D so much. Uh, uh, when I when I'm out on a job, you know, or we pick up a job where they're only working in After Effects, and I know I'm going to have to move that project over, I actually have my After Effects set to cinema 4d light instead of the regular cinema 4d my full version because i want to i i I specifically make sure that i work in light if i'm working in after effects and i know i have to pass that project on because i don't want there to be any limitations or them to come back and say well i can't open this you know what can i do it's not my fault if you don't know cinema 4d light that's not my problem (laughs) you know but you have the ability to edit all that stuff. And it's it's super robust. There's a few things that I don't like is like that you can't render straight out of Cinema 4D. You have to render it in After Effects. And having to do that is super slow. Mm-hmm. But there's also workarounds. You can actually take that Cinema 4D file and throw it up to like Pixel Plow or something and render that out. So yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I um I've really enjoyed um the mix of cinema 4d with after effects myself where we do um we have a brand called pack and save and it's a stick man mm-hmm. and i'll send you guys some link to this because it's literally the funniest commercials that i've worked on and they've been going okay. for like eight years and everyone's just really funny because it's just stick man this little black stick but he's all rigged up as a cinema 4d character and we sort of mm-hmm. make the decision of whether we're going to do elements in After Effects because it's quite a simplistic execution. But I'm right. always just like, the more I can do in Cinema 4D, because it's just so much, it's so enjoyable as an environment mm-hmm. to be creative in. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, you know, it, it, it's the, the big thing that drove me to Cinema 4D was the fact that, like, I could add that whole extra dimen- dimension, you know, get some depth, get something not so just like this flat 2D look. I mean, you know, we can't all be the Andrew Kramers and create beautiful 3D work in a 2D environment. You know, some of us actually have to move over to a 3D program. Yeah. And that was really, you know, that was that's what moved me over, at least. Yeah. It's quite funny because these this line of commercials is it's got 3D, but it specifically needs to look 2D. So it looks like it's been made Mm -hmm. cheaply. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's, It's a bit of an EJ kind of twist on 3D. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. And I find that I use like, I don't know, I, I've been in Octane for so long, you know, you kind of forget some of these things like just the luminance channel and stuff. uh, Like I've been, I I started, I just started recently using Sketch and Tune and the luminance channel for creating more 2D looking 3D stuff, you know, and it's amazing because it renders super fast, even when you're using Cinema 4D Lite. And, uh, uh, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's, you can create some really cool 2d looking 3d stuff in, uh, in cinema. Totally. Um, going back to, um, NAB, I have to say thanks Dave so much for the tips that you're giving with instancing. I, <laughs> Oh yeah. I had a job that came up this week and that all that information is paying off in dividends. So thank you so much for that. Nice. 
A lot of people don't know about that, so I'm I'm glad that hopefully that's that's helping some people. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. And I think um, going into a project and looking at how you're setting up from the start and working smart, so that when you need to get really creative, you've got that flexibility and not boxing yourself into a corner is important. Because mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah, all, all those I, little I things kind of add up over over time. So you know, if you have a really big project and you don't think about that from the beginning and what your poly count is and how heavy your scene is going to be, you're going to end up in trouble. And it's at that point, it's like too late to start over. So, yeah, I rely heavily on Dave's organizational skills because <laughs> you open up one of my project, everything is cube, cube, cylinder, cube. No, <laughs> no, no, no. So what, what you need to, we need to develop a plugin where you can just talk to it and it will <laughs> rename it. So, yeah. yeah. Or I could just type it in. <laughs> yeah. Or you could spend spend six months making lazy, a plugin. So I need to create a plugin that will write it down for me. <laughs> How much more fun would it be making this giant plugin to just remove typing? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I wonder if you could get like Alexa involved in that or something, you know, so that oh it would like you just turned on oh. a bunch of people's <laughs> Alexas. <laughs> yeah. Buy washing powder. <laughs> oh, don't say that. <laughs> I went into making this podcast pretty much after listening to you guys and being inspired that you're sharing so much. And I wanted to just have you guys on as soon as I could and say thank you for inspiring me because you've been a huge inspiration. Thanks, man. That that. that really does feel good. Like, I don't know. I feel like sometimes I feel like we just don't do anything, you know, (laughs) but it's good. It's good that we got a few people who listen. Yeah. Sometimes we're like, is anybody out there? Yeah. We see the numbers and we see that there are people listening, you know, and it's like a lot of emails. So, yeah, we get a lot of emails, you know, but it's 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 weird. Like, I'm curious about the people who don't interact with us, you know, Mm -hmm. like because we get we get tweets at people and, you know, emails and stuff like that. But that's from a lot of our heavy listeners and stuff, people who have listened to us for a long time. And uh, I don't know. Have you thought about you you see the the numbers going up and, and up and up and you're like, who are these people? Because we're not yeah. hearing from them. And and, yeah. and measuring, like metrics and podcasting is such a tough thing. To yeah, do. it is. When you're looking at RSS numbers and you can't tell, you know, what's a full download and what's multiple from same IP. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, yeah. Um, I've been looking at the listeners because this is a young podcast. Um, your episode mm-hmm. will be episode um, 19. So that's still good. Is it? Is it weekly? Yes, it's weekly, right? Yeah. So yeah, last few months I've been regular <laughs> and making it every week. So, mm-hmm. but um, seeing that people are downloading from Slovenia and Canada and all <laughs> these different places, it's just crazy. Yeah, you got a, you got a, you got good uh, SEO on yours, pro video yeah. podcast. You know that's good. <laughs> it's actually hurting us though, because iTunes it? thinks that um, that when you search in iTunes in other countries, it's not populating because iTunes is saying it's too generic a term for podcast search. Oh, <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> That's all right. Yeah. You can't type in Cinema 4D and find us in iTunes. <laughs> yeah. So dumb. <laughs> So that's why I've started the Pro Video Podcast Facebook group and we've got a Slack group as well. I was wondering if you guys had thought of like doing that to kind of, you know, Facebook can be an easy way for your not as active listeners to connect maybe possibly. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We don't we don't get a lot of um, a lot of people on Facebook. 
like, I don't know, Dave handles the Facebook, so I may be wrong. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I handle about, tw- a, I don't know, a thousand or something yeah. or so people. But but the thing is, like, I we've got a thousand people who follow us on Twitter, which really isn't that many. But all the people who follow us on Twitter, I know, are, like, solid. They are right. They're good. You know, right. the people from Facebook, you never know whether they're just following you because they're a bot and they need to actually fill up certain space. Like we ran a couple ads right at the beginning and got maybe mm-hmm. 300 followers. And we're, we're like, we know these are all fake people, you yeah. know? Yeah. I, I don't know. Facebook's weird like that. Yeah, you could tell they were all fake. See, Twitter <laughs> is an engaged audience, really, isn't it? Like they people want to share and people want to communicate so much more on Twitter than other places. I think so. And I think our, I think our, uh, I don't know, our world, you know, the whole MoGraph mm. video world or whatever, we're, I, I want to say there's a lot of, there's a lot of Twitter users, yeah. you know, I don't know if there's so many Facebook users or whatever, except and as for like, as, as far ahead. as the group stuff too, like there are so many groups right now. You've got the cinema 4d subreddit, you've got the motion graphics Slack channel, you've got the grayscale gorilla Slack channel. Mm-hmm. You've got the Octane Facebook group. Mm-hmm. You've got, uh, I, I don't know if MoGraph.net, I guess MoGraph.net is still mm-hmm. pretty active. And um, um, what else is there? there? There's some others. you got the MoChat stuff going on. I feel yeah. like if we tried to start our own subgroup, it would just be like just another <laughs> subgroup for yeah. people to have to join, you know? Yeah. Yep. It's maybe kind of just overkill in the, uh, in the little communities. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. And you've got to look at where you're spending your time and putting the energy because um, yeah. there's so many things you could do. Yeah. Right. we got a lot of stuff in the works, but like we don't have a whole lot of time to work on it. Right. <laughs> well, it's so good to see that you guys have launched um, this new plugin because I know that you've got quite a few ideas. You've talked about how many ideas for plugins that you have and mm-hmm. to develop and then push out a plugin fully that's hard it's yeah yeah, it's uh and it's scary too because you're kind of just putting your work out there for everyone and saying asking people to pay for it which is kind of weird you know yeah it's like but i don't know when you first get those first few sales you're like wow like and you get positive feedback from it hey this actually saved me a lot of time or whatever like the luminous plugin man that was that was killer for us because we saw Mm -hmm. we saw a need for it and we we ran dave ran yeah I just sit back and watch the money go in. <laughs> it was one of those things where I was working day to day and I was needing this stuff every day. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm just going to build this functionality into something so I don't have to keep building this myself or you know putting this stuff together. And same thing with the other plugin I'm developing right now. It's a We've been talking about that on the show. It's a texture plugin for Octane for Cinema 4D. And it's the same thing. It's like every time I'm trying to do texturing stuff, there's all these times I've noticed that there's like this multi-step process where I'm doing like, you know, 10 different steps to do what I want to do. And it happens every single time. And I'm like, there's got to be a faster way to do this. So hopefully it's something that will be useful for some people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, anything that can save two minutes that you're repeating time and time and time again, it it's mm-hmm. just makes sense to make that into a one-click process or as close to as possible. Yeah. Yeah, I totally yeah. agree. And, you know, that's like, that was that was the whole thing with Luminous, you know? 
we're doing it over and over and over again. And I, I think Nick on from Grayscale talks about that a lot. Like that's why he developed a lot of his plugins because he was doing mm-hmm. the exact same thing over and over and over again. You know, it's like make yourself as efficient as possible and you know, that just means you can do more work and bring more work in and, you know, do a better job, you know. Yeah. Maybe maybe you'll spend the same amount of time, but you can get a whole lot more done and make it, you know, make it look a little bit better. Yeah. You know, I think of um, when I was watching Chad's NAB presentation and he was looking mm-hmm. at the setups, your starting setups mm-hmm. for cinema. It just makes yeah. sense, you know, like take out that 10 minutes of the start of every project and you can do that with After Effects, uh, modify mm-hmm. it so it's yeah. just ready to roll as soon as you open it up and you're into it. Yep. Yeah, why yeah. not? Yeah. So transitioning from a paid gig to starting your own company together and developing mm-hmm. these products, having BroGraph and having Nexus Motion and the paid client work, you know, it's a pretty scary prospect for a lot of us to think of doing that. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Going through that process, what would you say to someone who goes, I'm in a position where I've got some knowledge, I've got the ability, I'm a bit scared to do it. What would you say to that person? Well, number one, you really have to, uh, you have to have some money saved. Mm-hmm. You have to have maybe a couple clients in the mm-hmm. works. Steady That's, clients. Yeah. And, and you have to um, eventually, just like everybody told me, just do it. Because um, if you think you're ready, or I'm sorry, if you, if you don't think you're ready, mm-hmm. um, you're actually, you're never going to think you're fully ready. Yeah. But, it's um, like having you a don't, kid. You never think you're ready for a kid. And, you right. know, you have a kid um, and then you do an okay job. <laughs> Yeah, you just kind of fake your way through it, you know. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But, you know, you you don't think you're ready, but you're, you know, if you've got your ducks in a row, you know, you're you're pretty much good to go um, as long as you take some precautions and and you, you know, like I say, ABC, always be selling. (laughs) You have to um, constantly do this deal where you are, you get a bunch of work and when all that work is done, you're going to have a lull. And then you're gonna be like, oh my gosh, there's no work going on. There's nobody going coming in. Oh my god, what's going on? Oh my god. And and you have to realize that you're gonna have those ebbs and flows, and you have to be selling while you're working, or else when yeah. you're done working, you're not gonna have anything going on. Yeah, and, don't uh, ignore those kind of emails that are coming in while you're also working. You know, right? Manage. Um, the, we the the one of my favorite episodes that we did was just recently. It was with Barton Damer. Uh, from already been chewed and he talks about like you know what to charge and when you're ready to go out on your own and like he was telling he was telling us that like uh he he said like what was it like 20 percent of the money or he was making most of his money during his three to four hours after his job was over you know 75 percent of his income was coming in after hours and it was yeah. at that point that he just decided i'm gonna do it yeah. And the other thing too is that you you have to make sure that you're the type of person that can handle being on your own. If <laughs> if you are a if you are the type of person that likes to come into your day job working for the man or something and and just be told what to do, you might mm-hmm. have fun doing it, but you're like tell me what to do, I'm going to do it. I'm going to sit at my desk, I'm going to put on my headphones and that's what I'm going to do all day. Um, if that's all you really like to do, it might not be something you want to do on your own because you're going to have to interact with a lot of people. You're going to yeah. have to take care of business stuff and taxes and all that. And you're going to have to 
sell yourself and you're, you're not the type of person who can at least fake that you are um, mm-hmm. outgoing and a good salesman, you're really going to have a hard time with it. So, um, you know, make sure that, that, that you know what you're getting into yep. before you, you make that leap. Cause you might just be content with, you know, working a, a day job for the man and uh, doing your thing and just being creative rather than having to do everything. Yeah. You also have to have a great work ethic. Me, for example, I, I am at my desk at nine, even though I don't have to be there. Well, 95% of the time I'm at my desk at nine, you know, and I normally work. I, I mean, we let ourselves off around four, four thirty. you know, go work yeah. out, do whatever, go pick up the kid from daycare, you know, and then we come back and if we've got more work, then we'll work, you know, but I, you got to keep that schedule. That's the biggest thing. You have to make sure that you're on a schedule and that, you know, people around, you know, that's my schedule, you know? Yeah. Right. And touching on what you said before, Dave is like, um, transitioning to do it, getting a couple of clients and trying this out and see if you are that person who has a little bit of a hustle and start managing your books and treat it like a real business while you've still got the security of the day job just to see if it fits for you and your personality type. Mm -hmm. And if you're working as a contractor on the side as well during your day job, you may just be funneling that money straight into your bank account. You also have to keep into account that when you make this transition – it's probably not really going to work that way. You're probably going to be making maybe some good money, but to be disciplined enough to pay yourself not spend a, it all. <laughs> yeah, pay yourself a steady paycheck and not say, "Oh, well, I did this thirty thousand dollar job. I'll just put all of it back into my personal account." No, you mm-hmm. pay yourself your regular salary and keep that yeah. money in there for later on because you know maybe next month you don't have any gigs. Yeah, yeah. and if you're not sure about what you should charge. We've got a really great uh, uh, feature on our website. Uh, yeah. What's what's is it is it rate calculator? Brograph.com yeah. slash rate calculator. I rate believe it's the website. I'll double check, um, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so like this was basically based off of what Barton Damer said in our podcast a few weeks ago, is that uh, he kind of said how to break it all down, take like the total amount. Dave, you've got it up. What does it say? Yeah, take that's the, what it is. Um, how much total profit amount do you... of like go ahead. Well, yeah, how much profit do you want to make in a year? That's profit. Not like how much you want to make, but how much more do you want to make? You know, extra money. Um, how much are your yearly bills, like house, car, kids, insurance, taxes, mm-hmm. Food. Uh, medical, you know, all of that. And then how much are your yearly business bills, like equipment and office space and advertising? And then it tells you the minimum you need to charge. And then, of course, like Bart says, uh, double that because that's what yeah. you really need to be charging. Yeah, and yeah. then and then ask yourself, is your work worth this much? Mm-hmm. So we have that on the page as well as a short clip of that section of the show where he was explaining that, so you can listen to it while you're typing in your numbers and doing your yeah. budgets. Cool. We'll link yep. to that and all the other things that we've been talking about, Luminous and um, the new plugins that you're releasing. So that'll be on this episode and also our uh, website at um, provideopodcast.com. So check out those links for this show. Um, And I also recommend listening to last week's show, which was with um, Joey from School of Motion, where he's released Mm -hmm. um, Freelance Manifesto. And he -hmm. goes into some of the details on how to cold call and sort of get those things starting and looking at your freelance life and, and basically creating the lifestyle that you want. So yeah, 
I think it's cool. I need to. I Dave bought it. I need to buy it. It's well, a great read. I think I it the just hit, uh, I want the it hit number book. number one uh, on bestseller. Yeah. yeah, yeah, in its category. Yeah, yeah, that's so. really cool. It's really cool, and I think um, the the timing's perfect for the industry to support each other. Because what I've seen is. Mm-hmm. Especially in video motion, um, people are being dictated to what your rate should be, and it's almost like a mm. bit of a, it's deteriorating the industry, and it shouldn't be like yeah. that. So we need to start talking about what these what the money you should be charging, so that you're not also like you know uh, making it hard for everybody else who's trying to work as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There needs to be something like that. <laughs> so you've got the calculator, which is a great, great point to like even go, okay, you go work out what your rate should be. I'll work out what mine is. And we go, yeah. would that be fair? Would you do the same job for the, <laughs> have that yeah, discussion? I mean, yeah. With the, with the, the rate calculator, what, what worries me is that like sometimes, you know, you may not be worth what it says that you should charge, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And right. that can be, that can be a, a, a downfall. If that's the case, then you, you need to get better. <laughs> You need to get better or you need to stop spending money. Yeah. <laughs> One of the two. Exactly. Reduce yeah. the overheads and buy a few mm-hmm. less pens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Another great thing that you've got on your site, if you're feeling like you just need to get a little bit better and be a bit more creative and you can't come up with an idea, maybe like put in a rando render and bring that mm-hmm. up as a, yeah, I've, I thought that was awesome that you guys made that for the community, which is basically it'll spit out a material and maybe a design aesthetic for you to create uh-huh. a new render for it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it was Dave's idea and uh, uh, I just, I originally our plan was to make it into like a Python uh, uh, plugin for Cinema 4D, and I accidentally did somehow. Like, and so now anytime I open up Cinema 4D, I get a rando render. <laughs> and but I yeah. don't know how to. It's weird. I don't can't know how to find it. it. <laughs> so like, I can't give it away. Um, but so like, I was going through because I don't know Python that well. So I was I was going through. And I was like, you know what? Why don't I stick with something I know? I know HTML. You know, I, I can figure out some JavaScript because I know enough, enough C++. They're kind of similar. And so I was like, I built I built the website in like maybe a couple hours. And we just threw a whole bunch of stuff in there. And what it does is basically just a random word. You know, it pulls a random word here, pulls a random word here, puts them together. And we've gotten a ton of awesome submissions to Rando Render. If, if you guys go there and, and do one, do hashtag Rando Render, throw it up on Twitter, let us know. Because it's... Yeah. Uh, it, it's it's really fun and like it's challenging and the whole point behind it was that you will have clients who have the weirdest requests you know Mm -hmm. or you'll you'll get you know boards that are like what how am i supposed to make a slime shoe you know or like a melting shoe or you know or a copper forest or something like that and it's like you also have people that come to you and they say Here's five examples of work that we like by these people, mm-hmm. and you have to emulate that style for yeah. what they want. Maybe it's something easy to do technically, but you have to look at this specific type of style and say, oh, I need to do that. So we also built in sometimes instead of saying uh, banana headphones, it will say mm-hmm. Beeple inspired headphones. And so, yeah. okay, and I got to make headphones in the style of Beeple now. Yeah. yeah. So um, part of producing this podcast i gave myself a little challenge that every week i had a lockup for the cover and i would make a different cover execution for every episode so they were personalized that's that's 
That's way more than we do. We normally just Google something funny. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to, um, for your episode, uh, this episode, I'll um, do a rando render for it and include that in the yeah. cover art. <laughs> nice. Make sure you, you hashtag that. And the hashtag, you can put it on Twitter or Instagram and we'll find it. And mm-hmm. we we don't have it auto-updating just because of the way it, it works. And plus, we kind of want to curate them and we want to make sure they actually are rando renders. But you know, we go through there, I don't know, once every week or two and just add what we got. So we're up to like 70-something rando renders, I think, at this point. That's awesome. That's really cool because people are doing this in their own time just for the pure exercise of doing something creative for themselves. That's wicked. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's really cool seeing people who we don't know just like posting it. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's time for the Pro Video Picks. At the end of each episode, I like to throw out a few um, questions to our guests that are the same questions each week. Um, mm-hmm. So... We always start off with the pro video pick of the week, which is could be a tool, could be a website, could be anything that you want that helps you in your creative process or just your personal life, really, if it comes down to that. So, Matt, do you have a pro video pick to share with the audience? Um, okay, I don't know if they have this in New Zealand, but I will tell you as a freelancer, my go-to must have is uh, a, a website called wave apps we do like, i we use, use it. it for all mm. of our invoicing and yeah. everything it is a killer killer uh, uh service that i don't think a lot of people know about we push it all the time because we absolutely love it and it's free yeah that's that's the thing that i love the most is that it's free and then you can you can send your invoices uh, and it's got a pay now button at the bottom. And so they handle all that. And then it just goes into your bank account a couple of days later. So you can basically send an invoice and they can pay with a credit card just by clicking. Them. So, and you can my... see if they've opened the invoice too. Yeah. yeah you nice. can see if they've opened it, which is, very oh, I never nice. got that. Oh yeah, you did. I saw it. <laughs> That's an awesome pick. We do have that. Um, we're not completely third world, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I only have a couple of freelance clients. Um, I don't do much, but what I like, is because it is a tax write-off for me with the receipts. Mm-hmm. You have the Wave receipt app where you can take photos of yeah. it and it auto-fills out. That's awesome. Thanks for that, Matt. How about you, Dave? Well, you know, I just got to self-promote a little and say Luminous. <laughs> uh, I actually do use it a lot, especially the, the Quick Sky, but mm-hmm. I also use it in conjunction with um, Grace Gallagorilla's HDR iLink because you can, mm-hmm. um, you can take the hdrs that they have in their plugin and drag them into the quick sky in our plugin and it's a really yeah. fast workflow to to set up especially if you're trying to do something really quick like model um it never fails that that you know i just start modeling something and i hit render in octane and it's that really ugly gray yeah. flat yeah. look and i'm like i just need something and so you just default luminous uh quick sky on and then you're up and running and you don't have to Find the sky, open the sky, go to the texture, get to the textures, then load up an HDR from your library and then drag it in. You just click a button and you're you're off and running. So mm-hmm. you guys have basically got me into Octane and I feel like a complete yeah. noob. <laughs> I've, <laughs> I've ditched the Mac. We've got um, mm-hmm. new PCs. Good job. 
du- yeah. running dual 1080 cards in each of the boxes and mm-hmm. got my first um, actual work client job with Octane coming up and I'm going to be buying um, Luminous for that job. Actually, probably be buying it this afternoon. Nice. nice. So and encourage- we have some big plans for the, the, the new updated version of Luminous as well. We got okay. a whole list of like really crazy stuff that we're adding to it that's going to be a little more involved, a little more Python and, and programming, but um, awesome. yeah. I think people are really going to like what we're doing with it. Awesome. Totally. Uh, really excited to see what, all the stuff that you guys are putting out because there are tools to help us get to our creative um, end goal faster. So thank you for, mm-hmm. for that. And one thing with the plugins, you know, this is something that I always say. Uh, if you're if you're like if you're a like a creative or you know a 3D artist or an After Effects user, you know, don't just buy plugins to like you know use them all the time. Learn how to actually do the process of what you want to do. Yeah. Then use then use the plugins. Yeah. Because it, it helps you have a better understanding of what what these different plugins are doing if you know like kind of the what you would have to do in order to get through it, you know. I mean, unless it's like Turbulence FD or something, or X particles, yeah. where right. it's like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's understanding those ten steps that the plugin is reducing to one click. That's yes. understanding right. those exactly. steps. Yeah. So, um, who do you guys follow online? You must follow a few people. So, Matt, who do you follow online? Oh boy. Um, Let's see. Who are my favorites to hear from? I don't really know. I've we've got like 153 followers. Um, let's see. I follow the Grayscale guys um, mm-hmm. because I feel like you 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 have to, you yeah, know. Of course. Oh my gosh, my wife is on my Twitter account. I forgot to log out, and she's <laughs> posting pictures <laughs> <laughs> on the Prograph one. Oops. Um, oops. <laughs> um. Let's see. Hello Lux, of course. EJ House and Frost. Um, uh, you got to follow all the main ones, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, I, I've met a few cool people that I really like following. Uh, ben Gregory, he's cool. Uh, who, who's the other guy? Uh, 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 let's see. We got John Dickinson. I love, I love John Dickinson. He's such a nice guy and super cool. And like he. Uh, 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 he's an Aussie, I believe. He's I actually coming on a future episode in a couple of weeks, and he's Good. speaking at this year's Node, and he is Australian. That's correct. Yes, and uh, he's he's super nice guy. He actually was one of the beta testers for the uh, the the light plugin, and uh, I I love he will go through and like show you step by step what he's doing, and so you get to see this big progression on a lot of his pictures. And stuff. Uh, Jake Vardaman, he's fun. He's a super cool guy. I like hanging out with him. Uh, and then uh, uh, I don't know, Dead Mouse. We've been we you know we've done <laughs> a little bit of work with Dead Mouse, so he's it, it's really cool to see. Uh, so while we're just working at home and stuff, like occasionally we'll see Dead Mouse. Like he live streams so much stuff, and so like while he's working in a studio, he's just live streaming, and so it's it's kind of cool. Like you feel like you're. Because when you're working at home, you don't have an office, you know, or you have an office, but you don't have office mates, you know. And so you're kind of like, it, it's it's nice because Dave and I will be on Skype all day for like eight hours straight, and sometimes we won't even be talking to each other. Uh, yeah. So it kind of keeps that office environment. It's neat because when he's streaming, you know, you actually feel like you've got a whole nother person there yeah. and stuff. I don't know. It's neat. 
Nice. How about you, Dave? Who do you follow online that you'd share with the audience? Um, I've got a few. Um, on on Behance, actually, there's one I follow, and I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing this correctly. I'm the king of that. Um, Bill Bill Ace Bill Ellis Bill Bill. <laughs> Hey, Liz. You're terrible I'll have a link it's on the like, show. I have no idea how that would be pronounced. It's B I L L E L I S, and um, the reason that I actually like following this person is because the the types of projects that they actually appreciate on Behance are like really really cool stuff, and so like they're kind of like curating all this stuff that I love to look at. Um, I also follow Cornelius Damrick on there, yeah. which um, he, he's got some amazing stuff. That's Zomax.net, and he's got some really cool-looking uh, scenes he's done over the years, including the, the one, the obligatory uh, 52 hertz spaceman yeah. with, with the phone booth, which he actually logged on when we were doing the Dead Mouse Jam up in Canada and redid that section of it with the dead mouse helmet on instead of the yeah. astronaut helmet. It looked really cool. Yeah. And, um, and also rich Noseworthy. I love what rich Noseworthy does. So yeah. I'll yeah. tell him that when I have lunch with them, what, what do you was have that? lunch with them? Uh, yeah, I'm catching up with rich for lunch. So I'll pass that on. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah, he's tell such a nice that, guy. Uh, our, our, our little intro, our tutorial intro was inspired by him. Sweet. And that we want him to come on our show too. Yeah. <laughs> if you could just relay that message, that would be great. Sweet as. Yeah. I'm sure he'd love to. He's he's such a nice guy. A good mate. He's mm-hmm. good. He's awesome. Cool. So thank you for that. And um, inspirational videos. Have you guys got a video that you would share with the audience that you find really inspiring? Oh, boy. I, I have one. And it, it's like something that really inspired me back when... I was new at 3D and I was doing like 3D Max and stuff back in 99, you know, through 2003, I guess. I kind of had this this lull that I went through. When I switched to Mac, I didn't have a good 3D program and I kind of stopped doing 3D for a while. So um, I was looking around at stuff online. I was just getting back into Cinema 4D, Grayscale Gorilla, and somebody released this video called The Third and the Seventh. Oh yeah, and that's awesome. Yeah, it, it's you know it really inspired me. I, I think it was done in 3D Max with um, V-Ray, V-Ray yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it it was just so realistic, and I was like, man, this is I want to do that. That's really cool. The strips of film, they were just so beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no. So um, I sent you a link to that that you can put in the notes too for anyone who hasn't seen that that's just man it's it's beautiful and the guy who did the animation did the music as well yeah that was such a powerful video when it came out for 3d and being so photorealistic i think everything Mm -hmm. had been a little bit stylized that was just jaw jaw dropping that one person had made that as well not just a team Mm -hmm. of pixar animators right yeah awesome pick how about you matt what I, you know, I don't remember the name of this and it was only just recently. It was, it was one that really got me. It was done in octane and light wave. What is that one? It was like the spoof of the, 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 uh, 2001, a space odyssey. Was uh, it the astronaut one that was doing yeah. the Kickstarter project? Yeah. What yeah. Was that I know what you're talking about. Hold on. I'm let's see how good Google is. I'm going to see how good the the Brograph uh, 
Well, I won't <laughs> ask. Program searches. I won't yeah, ask Siri. Uh, not too good so far, because I'm just putting uh, in random words like space. <laughs> no, I can't remember what it is called, and, and that's going to drive me crazy okay. because there was a big Kickstarter for it, and um, it was just so it was so weird, and it was so pretty though, you know, and yeah. uh, uh, like the the. The faces were like these hardcore 3D caricatures of actual people, and it was it was very beautiful and ugly at the same time. You know, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna get the name of that, and we'll have that in the show links, and all the audience listeners will be like, "Ah, oh, I gotta go see what this is now." So yeah, <laughs> we've right. made it mysterious now, so it's awesome. Okay, last question is: Where can we find you guys online? Black holes. It's called black holes. Black holes. It's nice. Black holes. That's black right. holesfilm tumblr com. I guess it's you can see their official trailer or whatever, and it's oh, gosh, it's so beautiful, so pretty, awesome. Where's the best place for people to find you online? Uh, Twitter at Brograph. Yeah. Or email and us Brograph at Brograph com. Yeah, of course Brograph com. We got Facebook. You know, slash Brograph. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have that name on Instagram as well. So follow us on yeah. there. That's starting to gain a little bit of steam. We don't post too much on there, but we're, we're trying. <laughs> yeah. So if I'm, I am always on Twitter. Like, unless I'm asleep, I'm on Twitter. So if you at, you know, tag us or something, I will answer almost immediately. Unless it's a question that I'm not in front of my computer and I need my computer or I don't like your question. sweet thank you guys so much for coming on the show today it's been thank you man yeah thanks yeah it's been really really special for me to have you two on and to meet you guys finally so awesome thanks everybody for joining us on this episode really recommend you go and check out brograph.com and um, I love the tutorials on YouTube as well I follow them all the time especially at the moment where I'm learning um, Octane it's been a valuable resource for my own knowledge and I want to just say to the audience please please subscribe to the podcast like rate and review no one knows exactly why itunes make us do this hocus pocus but it pushes the podcast up (laughs) (laughs) so get our name out there show your support join the facebook group too if you want to um have a shout out um yeah thank you so much for listening thank you worldpodcast.com for supporting the show and check out all the other great shows on worldpodcast.com we've got fearless kitchen social media strategy podcast stupid questions for scientists yeah there's so many great shows on there for those different topics that you might be interested in thanks again for listening and we'll catch you next episode bye